I don't believe there are enlightened ones. I believe there are just beings that keep seeking light. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big difference. And I love that. It tells me like, we're not designed to figure it out. We're designed to keep figuring it. Today's podcast is my good friend and mentor and coach, Chet Scott from Built to Lead. Chet joins us as our most frequent repeat guest. He's somebody that I continue just to enjoy being in my life and learning from. And consequently, we're having fun recording these podcasts and sharing what's on Chet's mind, what's on my mind. We tend to just kind of go wherever the flow takes us, which is really, you know, a version of us being an opus together, sharing our experience in life, sharing Chet's experience in coaching as a leader. And uh, boy, I just continue to learn so much from him and love being with him. And I hope you enjoy it as well. Thanks. All right, we are back on the Gravity Podcast this week with my repeat offender, friend, coach, guest, Chet Scott. Another Chet Scott episode. Here we go. <laughs> How many is this? I, I should know. have looked. It's, you you probably I know. I've yeah. I've looked before. It was either it's either seven or eight. All I know is I think it's just driving tons of business to build a lead in the band, which <laughs> <laughs> is really? not wasn't the, the plan but no no you're right I, I you're you are right and that was not the plan that's funny well isn't that funny because as the license plate says when you're in your opus uh, all kinds of good things are going to happen mm -hmm. and that's actually what we're doing it's just sitting here talking about the things that we love about work and life yeah that's so good. where do you want to go today chester well so as you mentioned the word opus I tell every client and I tell every built to lead builder that we keep it pretty simple. I have a big book, but it's actually a very simple message. And that is that if we're going to live great lives, which who doesn't want to aim at a great life? I don't know many people that aim at something other than happiness, joy, good family, you know, good neighborhood, good life. And if we're going to aim at that, What's a simple framework for how you, how you get into a sweet spot where you go, man, this is opus. Well, one is you have to like build within before you aim externally. And we're not taught that anywhere in school. Like we're just taught how to do stuff. Mm -hmm. And the hardest job we've all got is to become a master in the art of living requires that we become a master internally first. And so the whole built to lead thing about living a great life is getting a strong core, mm -hmm. clear sense of who you are, why you're here, and then get active on the aim. Okay, once you're clear within and you're feeling pretty whole, not filled with all the holes that we all start with, mm -hmm. you're feeling like you've, you've figured some of this stuff out for who, who you are, then we go, what's going to be our contribution? And what's going to be our work? we get outside of ourselves so that we can contribute something, not just for ourselves or our family, but for the world. You know, the, if you want to bring yourself joy, do more things that don't just benefit you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the whole built to lead process is just inner work to get an outer opus. And then the discipline of what we call the pop, the playbook of productive action to bring those two aims, clarity within clarity with our aim into one. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's what we're doing. It sounds so freaking great. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And yet when you look around you, do you see a lot of people that feel like they're living a great life? Even people in built to lead, mm -hmm. like coming into team practice, mm -hmm. right? What is the enemy of that? If we say you just got to build a strong core, a clear opus, an authentic one, mm -hmm. not your dad's, your mom's, or your neighbor's, mm -hmm. yours, and it's like from your heart, and then the discipline to pop it out. If those are the big three, what's the enemy of that? Why don't we see more people living a life on fire where they're like super clear within, super clear with their aim, disciplined in their pop, and they're just going, man, this is a great life. Why do we have so many people making New Year's resolutions mm -hmm. and having to build new resolve? 
to go face a new year. If we were living the dream, we wouldn't be doing that mm -hmm. in my mind. Mm -hmm. So what's the enemy? What do you think? And there's uh, an, there is an answer I'm looking for. Yeah. So the enemy, why people don't do that. Well, for starters, I think the awaken part of this is a part of built to lead language, mm -hmm. right? And if you don't know what you don't know, if you're not awake, if you're not yeah. conscious to it, if you don't have access to things like built to lead or others that can kind of help you down that path, I think it's tough for people to even start. But the main reason I would say people don't do it yeah. is because it's not that sexy. Yeah. It's, you know, as you said in the in the pop, it's it's baby step after baby step after baby step after baby step after a long period of time mm -hmm. till you get to the the peace, the joy, the happiness. Yeah. And people don't want to do that. They want quick fixes. They want it to come easy. You know, they want to soothe. They don't want to do the hard work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they want hacks. Right. Agree. They don't want to do the hard work. And you can get this core opus pop mentality, and then that shiny, bright object catches the corner mm -hmm. of your eye. They get distracted. They get distracted. Yeah. And that never, was the answer you were actually looking for, yeah. the distraction. Yeah. 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 And it's not even distracted with bad things. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of them are, mm -hmm. but I mean, we just live in a distracted world, mm -hmm. which is why we're looking for hacks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, that's perfect because I was actually thinking about this in the way here, mm. thinking about what maybe we would talk about. And that's nice. You actually did some preparation, at least in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Just, you know, on the way over. Right. Just with the <laughs> pending reality of having to, you having know, to sit, sit here me. and press mm. record. I, mm. I figured I'd think about what we would Good. talk about. But mm. yeah, it's sort of that simple, you know, because it doesn't take a lot of prep when, you know, you're in something that you love and, yeah. you know, you're excited by. But I'm reading a book right now on mastery. Mm. It's love called that. Mastery. And is it Green's book or no? Um, oh, it's uh, shit. I knew you were going to ask me no, that. That's okay, because I'm um, George Leonard Mastery. Oh yeah, read that. Yeah, that's a good one. It's great, and I have been guilty of shiny objects. Mm. All of us, right? And getting distracted. Mm -hmm. And what they talk about in mastery is really kind of embracing the plateaus and you know, not getting distracted, sticking yeah. with something, grinding through the hard periods. That's how you get to not just mastery, but, you know, kind of everything that it is that you want out of it. Mm -hmm. So true. And so long ago, an ancient book, and I've referenced it on this podcast or at least another one, I, I reference it to clients all the time, an old book, quote unquote, 2000, good to great. Mm-hmm. It's a classic. Yeah. And it's, you know, yeah. I'm not a fan of that style of book. Right. You know, but, yeah. but I'm such a fan of, there's a couple of books, The Road Less Traveled. Mm -hmm. I am a fan of that whole book. Mm -hmm. And Good to Great, I'm a fan of, in a similar way, the opening sentence the authors put in both of those books, I'll never forget. Life is hard. Life is hard. Yeah. The Road Less Traveled. It needs to go on because that book's just rich. Mm -hmm. Good to great could have stopped at the first line. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not to say the book's not good. Yeah. I would say that book is good. It is not great. <laughs> Which is Isn't funny. That funny, yeah. That's funny. But do you remember the opening line to that one? No. See, it's not that good. Yeah. Right? Uh, the opening line is good, is the enemy of great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So true. Yeah. And so distractions are one of the greatest limiters of us becoming great. Mm -hmm. We can lead really good lives, really good work while being distracted. Mm -hmm. We can be a really good athlete and be somewhat distracted. Mm -hmm. We can be a pretty dang good entrepreneur and be somewhat distracted. We can be a pretty good manager, individual contributor, and have a lot of distraction going on. But we can still be pretty good, mm -hmm. keep our job. We can even be a pretty good husband, pretty good father, and really 
be still looking for hacks and distracted a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. It's very possible to do because we have so many great tools around now to help us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, back in the day, you couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but today we can. Mm -hmm. So to me, that gets me all fired up because like, how do we get better at saying no? You know? Mm. So I'm always telling people, you know, you gotta, you gotta get really good at building, wake up. You're not gonna be here forever. Mm -hmm. Do you know who you are? I mean, really. Mm -hmm. People can say, yeah, and they can be convincing. And they've only scratched the surface of really knowing who they are. Mm -hmm. To be great, you've gotta get in there and dig into like all of who you are. Unearth stuff you don't actually wanna unearth. Mm -hmm. Spend the time looking in the mirror, being a little bit bored and working on your relationships. You said we have to get comfortable on the plateau. I call that marrying the mundane. Mm -hmm. We got to do it. Yeah. Most people don't. Most people don't want to marry the mundane. Mm -hmm. So how do we get a, how do we get better at saying no? Again, this is another one out of good to great. So there were two things, the opening line. Mm -hmm. Then there's one other thing Collins put out that I haven't forgotten. Mm -hmm. And that was, he said, everybody's got their to-do list, mm -hmm. which I hate to-do list. Do you like to-do lists? I do. Oh, I hate them. Why do you hate them? Just tell me that for a second. Mm. In my mind, I, already, like, I know what I want to do. And to-do lists, in my mind, means somebody else is imposing them on me because I don't impose them on me. I just know what I'm, I know what I've structured to do. Mm. I've already built that. That's my core, my opus, my pop, that's all there. So when I ever think of a to-do, it's something somebody else is trying to get me to do. Mm, no, that's <laughs> not my to-do list. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It's, so the words mean different things? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when mine, well, there, it's actually, <laughs> you know, in the reminders app. And that's sort of what I use it for is uh, to, okay. to remind me of the things that I, I want to do. And also I use it, actually, I learned this through uh, Atomic Habits, James mm. Clear's book. I get a little dopamine hit every time I check something off my list. So like on my to-do list, the first things on my to-do list are meditate, breathe, gratitude, right? Things I know mm -hmm. I need to do, Yeah. but I like the feeling of checking it off that off the list every morning. Yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway. That's good. I got yeah. it. So, so Colin's book, he, yeah. he talks about, we all have those to-do lists yeah. and you love them. I love them. Right. But, I see your point. Yeah. I hope you see mine maybe slightly. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. It's more like a honeydew or somebody yeah, else yeah. telling you to do like that. Yeah, that's... I just spike at that. No bueno, yeah. No bueno. Yeah. But Colin says, okay, if you're going to be a great leader, a level five leader, as he describes, the epitome of leadership, to get there, you need to develop a stop doing list. Mm, and right. he said, man, like very few people have that. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> If we're going to say we got to get better at living who we are, core, opus, pop, disciplined, and then the, the world is full of distractions and we're more prone to distraction than ever before in the history of humanity. Mm -hmm. So I guess you could add a discipline of stop doing to your pop. What do you want to stop doing so you can really zone in and master mm -hmm. your craft, master being a good man, a good husband, a good wife, mm -hmm. spouse, whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you have a stop doing this? Um, it's funny. I think it was Arthur Brooks. I can't remember if it was in his latest book or where I heard this, but he he calls it a reverse bucket list, which is a little bit different. But basically, it's like all the things that you like are chasing, you know, these big aspirational things, just get them off your list. Right. If they come, they come. So do I have a, I don't have a list that I like write down and look at yeah. of things not to do. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I guess I, I feel like I'm a little bit in your camp on the to-do list with the not to-do list in that like I just know what I can't do yeah, and I don't do it. Give me a couple. What are a couple of BKs of the athletes mm -hmm. stop doing? Mm -hmm. And, and you've, you've already made your piece and they're off. What are those? Mm -hmm. I know a few of yours. Of mine? Well, here's the latest one, which yeah. we haven't talked about, but I've decided to stop being in the middle on things and to have 
pick the path and and just commit to that path. I think that's a great one. Yeah. That, that's that's a really a, been a big one. one for me. In work and life, both? Both. Hmm. So stop this constant churn of options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, a, and it's not like is, a forever thing. No, no, but it's yeah. such a good one. Yeah. That is such a good one. Let's think about that. Why is that a big deal to stop churning options? Why mm -hmm. is that a big deal for you? Uh, it's a big deal for me because I, I've found that it's impossible to really do anything if you haven't committed to doing it, mm -hmm. you know, at least do it at a high level. Kind of like you were saying before, I think you can, you might even be able to, to do it well, but it's yeah. not going to be great. Yeah. If in the back of your mind or every time something gets hard, you think that you should have gone the other option or that you, you, you might want to go the other option. Mm. It's really impossible to fully be present and give yourself to your work or your life if you haven't you know, chosen that that's mm -hmm. what you want to be doing and mm -hmm. not wanting to be doing anything else. Yeah. So true. So I love words. One of your things you said is stop doing is to stop constantly churning options. Mm-hmm. Right? So the Latin word for decision, do you remember this one? We've talked about this. You I'm can't remember. sure I will when you tell yeah, me. It's, it's decidre. Mm-hmm is the word we get the English word decision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Latin word decidere, when you translate it, it doesn't translate to decision. It translates to cut off. Mm. Decisions mean we cut off options, mm -hmm. which is why decisions are so infrequent today and so needed. Mm -hmm. Like we need to be more decisive as people. Mm -hmm. Okay, distractions keep us with options open, mm -hmm. chasing all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. We we have, I mean, if you look at just the the commitment level in just in our modern country compared to like our parents, well, my parents, back in the greatest generation, the commitment level, the, the amount of decisions where they just cut off options, they were so quick to do it. Mm -hmm. And then you look at our my children. They're so slow to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. And and I will talk to to like my kids and other young people about like, hey, it seems to me like you need to commit to this. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm listening to you and why aren't you doing that? And they're like, well, I'm gonna keep my options open. Mm -hmm. Have you heard that a lot? Oh yeah. 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 And if we go back to like the history, so decidre, the Latin word means to cut off. If we go back to the most predominant wiring in our evolutionary brain, it is loss aversion. Mm. We're most wired as humans. Mm -hmm. It's been passed down for eons mm -hmm. to avoid a loss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Every decision you make is a loss in the brain. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. Isn't that, to me, that's fascinating. Am I geeking out a little too no, much? No, no, it's cool. But to yeah. me, I'm like going, shit, that's the problem, mm -hmm. right? We didn't used to have so many options. Mm -hmm. So we were quicker to make decisions and make commitments. And we probably were a lot more satisfied and happy because we didn't constantly say, well, I could have done that. I could do this mm -hmm. because there weren't that many options. Mm -hmm. Now we have the abundance of choice. There's so much time that we get like all up in a ball. Like, well, I don't want to commit yet because I'm going to keep my options open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's a big one. And so it's, that stop doing you just described. Yeah. What is the answer that, so the stop doing, I'm going to stop keeping all my options open. And in essence, when people love to think about what am I going to start doing? I'm going to start picking a path. That's mm -hmm. what you said. Yeah. I love that. How hard is that? How hard is that? Well, I think it's like a lot of things. It's pretty simple. It's not easy, mm -hmm. right? It was hard for me. Right. But in reality, it's like a lot of things that you and I have been through together where mm. in hindsight, it was like, why did it take so long? <laughs> I know. Right. So it's, so in other words, it's hard to start. Yeah. To start building that habit, that atomic yeah. habit, that atomic habit, if you will. Yeah. Of being more decisive. It's just hard when we start to wire it up. 
Mm-hmm. Right? But once you get that myelin wrapped around it being more decisive and not chasing the bright objects, it gets a little bit easier, a mm-hmm. little bit easier, a little bit easier. And before you know it, you're making decedre after decedre, and they don't even feel like decedres. Mm-hmm. How about you? What, what Anything that you've um, put on your not-do list recently? I don't think recently, but one that continues to be on there is, and it's such an, it's such an obvious one, is just stop comparing. Mm. Mm-hmm. I can get all balled up about the work I'm doing, the life I'm living, and compare it to somebody who I go like, what in the world? Like that guy's not, he's not done much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I like, how in the world could somebody say, well, they, they will, I'll get put off by somebody comparing me to somebody. I'm like, please don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But what am I doing? I'm actually comparing myself mm-hmm. to that dude. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why? And then I get bent. I get anxious. I get upset. And I'm like, what in the world, Chad? Mm-hmm. Um, that is such a you problem, not a, the mm-hmm. other person's mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, I got I've gotten much better at just comparing me to me, mm-hmm. period. And just working on that and not looking around at the others and going, mm-hmm. well, I'm better than that. Or I don't know why they're getting this. I should be, I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Stop comparing. Mm-hmm. Just a waste of psychic energy. Mm-hmm. And that's been, I think it's rooted in pride, mm-hmm. which is my biggest problem. And it has mm-hmm. been since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm always just like humble yourself stop that that's wasted energy Mm -hmm. and let them live Mm -hmm. (laughs) interesting yeah does that surprise you you Uh, got the look on your face like no i i just i i think it's it's always nice to hear and i think maybe the audience will appreciate this too what i was thinking is people like you Mm. who have done so much work who have made the work their work yeah still have to keep doing the work oh yeah right and and it actually kind of speaks to the point about marrying the mundane and mastery right like this is a a life's work yes sometimes i will literally in recent months my dad passed away in november i mm. i really felt it much harder than I thought. In fact, you maybe even was depressed, Yeah, which is not, not a, a label that I've ever really identified with, right. but I think maybe that's what that was. Right. And, and I, and I would say to myself and to my therapist and, and you and, and friends, I, I'm almost embarrassed right. that I'm still feeling like this. Like I, I've done so much work right? Um, not just the loss and the grieving, but, you know, the indecisiveness around my work or whatever, like, how could I still be doing this after all the work that I've done? And I sometimes get a little frustrated with not just me, but others who, who miss the idea that there's really no quick fixes, right? right? You can, you can go to, you know, the jungle and do ayahuasca and you might get something pretty massive out of it. But the work is in the day-to-day life's work. And so when I heard you say that, it just kind of reminded me of even you (laughs) have your things you got to be fighting against. Lots of them. And it's not even you, it is all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I chose the title of that book on purpose. You see it there? Mm Mm-hmm. It doesn't say become built to lead. Mm-hmm. Publishers like you to say, here's 12 things you do to become built to lead. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not what this, I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. This is not that. Yeah. Not at all. And so becoming built to lead is very different than become built to lead. Mm-hmm. And I'm still becoming. Yeah. It, it's an interesting you know, use of words. I've also grown to appreciate words I never used to, mm. but I bet you if that book were not self-published, a publisher 
who would have had control over the title would have changed it to become because becoming built to lead. That's not what people want. That's right. Right. They don't want to hear this is a life's work. That the road never ends. Yeah, that, that's not good for sales. No, 100%. <laughs> well, which is why my publisher, who, Carrie Oberrunner, a good yeah. friend of ours, yeah. and his company published the book, and he wrote a publisher's note in the front, and he said, this will not be a bestseller. Right, exactly. And yeah. he, he knew. Yeah. And he was dead right. Yeah. And that wasn't the point of writing the book. Not the point. It's not the point of what you do either, no. right? I mean, you've said it, it's for the few. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. And so to me, it's so energizing to realize there's no end. My mom's 98. Mm -hmm. She'll be 99 in May. I talk about her on here. Um, I could talk about her every day. I spoke to her today. And I can hear her winding down, even though I'm a long way away and I don't see her that much. Mm -hmm. I can hear it in her voice. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's one of those things... It's hard for me to process that because my mom's been so strong for so long, mm -hmm. but I can, I can feel it. Mm -hmm. And she told me the other day when we were talking, you know, she's losing her eyesight mm -hmm. and it's keeping her from being able to read. And mm -hmm. it's like really bumming her out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, mom, cause she loves to read the Bible. She reads mm -hmm. it every day, multiple times and, mm -hmm. and other books. Mm -hmm. She's a reader. And mm -hmm. she's like, I'm really bummed. I can't read the Bible and I can't read my daily, um, my daily readers, mm -hmm. and which doesn't include my book. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and she likes to tell me that. And I said, mom, you know, they have these audibles. Mm -hmm. And she goes, I know, Chet. She goes, but like, I like to read. Mm. Yeah. And she said, and I said, mom, well, you know, again, you're 98 plus, maybe it's time that you start just listening more. She goes, yeah. I'm still learning, Chester. Mm -hmm. One of the great things is that as we age, we never stop. Mm -hmm. We can always keep learning and I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. So maybe I will start to learn that. I'm learning a lot of things and, mm -hmm. and it hit me like that phrase. Mm -hmm. You know, like my 98 year old mom is telling me she's fighting learning how to get off the mm -hmm. reading and writing into listening, a very small thing, mm -hmm. but a big thing. Mm -hmm for somebody that's habituated that. Mm -hmm. And she realizes she's got to learn that. Mm. Um, she, and mm. it, So like by our design, if we're gonna live a long life, we do never arrive. I mean, mm -hmm. this is in my worldview, I don't believe there are enlightened ones. I believe there are just beings that keep seeking light. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Because mm -hmm. it tells me like, okay, this design, we're not designed to figure it out. We're designed to keep figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so we're becoming built to lead mm -hmm. and we're in this long process of becoming and embrace it. Mm -hmm. And if God gives you a long life, think about how much learning you have. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And I look at my younger self and I don't wanna go back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to growing old, but not tired, mm -hmm. you know, with a few like-minded souls who love this idea of mm -hmm. becoming. Mm -hmm. And that's in my worldview as well. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the design. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as we started with what, what do we stop doing? Well, we stop comparing. Mm -hmm. We stop the incessant seeking out of other options. Mm -hmm. We pick paths, we go for it. And then we write and reflect and learn and adapt and go for it again. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we're still figuring it out. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I love that. Let me just kind of get in there a little bit more with your mom and just mm. kind of thinking about loss, aging, parents, well, you're family. Gonna, we're going down another trail. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I mean, it's sort of all connected, but... I think I know what you're going to say, but I, I want you to say it, you know, for others that might not know, you know, one, one of the things I, I really got to see in my father's end of life hmm. was 
you know, what really at the end of the day mattered most, and it wasn't something I didn't know. It was something that I got to kind of embody at another level in watching somebody else really suffer through having not much time left right. and not having spent enough time with the things that matter most. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about hearing you talk about your mom and your work and just seeing the emotion and the gratitude and love that you have for your mom mm-hmm. and her life, I'm kind of curious for you just to maybe, you know, riff a little bit on, you know, kind of how you've balanced, made peace with the work in life piece, the things that that matter most. And and I know like built to lead opus, having an opus is about combining all of those things. Yes. Right. But maybe you could just elaborate a little bit on that part. Because the, the, yeah, like, the sure. reason why I think it's important to elaborate on it cause, is I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they miss this mm-hmm. because they, they think that opus means they're on fire about their work, yeah. right? They might, if they're, if they're crafty enough, bring in things they're passionate about into their work. Yeah. But, but I think they're missing oftentimes the rest of what actually really matters when, when you're stripped down and kind of in that end of life stage. Yeah. Well, that's its own podcast, maybe a five parter. (laughs) That's such a big, such a big topic, BK. So I don't like the word balance. Mm -hmm. I think it's seeking the wrong path Mm -hmm. to use your word earlier. And so at Built to Lead, and this is in the book, what I am designing into my opus and into my core and then into my pop is this thought about integrating work and life. So if we're going to master the art of living, it is not about finding balance. It is about making it one, mm-hmm. integrating. And so when you talk about my mom, well, how, do I, how have I done that? I'm, so I'm working on it. It's mm-hmm. an imperfect, it's a mess, but it's, it's a beautiful mess. Work in progress is what yes. Ted Lasso calls it. Does he really? <laughs> Work in progress. I love that. I know. It's I've my, never heard that. It's in my worldview. I love yeah. that. Well, so, I mean, <laughs> I, there was a great book I read years ago. It's called A Beautiful Mess. And uh, that stuck with me, hmm. describing a life, a great life. It's a beautiful mess. Hmm. So a little of that. So as I designed Built to Lead in early 2000 and, preparing myself to take the leap in 2002, and I was working on it well before that, I, I made a very specific decision and nobody liked it, that I was going to build Built to Lead to be a local business. And I'd spent my entire professional life basically out of town. You know, my professional life was in the, was in the big business world, if you will, CompuServe, and we had clients all over the world and I ran worldwide sales and service. So I was, we had 650 people spread around the globe. I didn't have that many local contacts. I mean, I knew local contacts in the CompuServe world, but not in local businesses. So when I started CompuServe or (laughs) built to lead and um, was gonna go out and build into business owners, I made a very specific decision. I told the five CEOs that I knew at the time that I wanted local clients. I said, just introduce me to some guys that have local businesses. And I didn't even discern then public versus private. Now it's private. Back then I didn't know that yet, but I knew I wanted to stay local. Why? Because I still had kids at home and I wanted to integrate work and life. And I knew if I spent all the time going out and building BTL around the globe, trying to take clients wherever I could, I'd be struggling to balance it, right? Because I didn't have any support with me. It was just me and miss, you know? And so I remember talking to her about the way I was going to do it. And she was good with it. And I said, it may take longer to get it going because I'm not going to go wherever the money calls. I'm going to, I'm going to drive it here. And then I said, and one other thing I'd like to be, I'd like to have a client out in Kansas city. Cause I want to have a reason to see mom. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't really think about my sister, even though I have a sister there. That tells you something about my beautiful mess. I wasn't that focused on that. I was really just focused. I want to be near my mom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I, I went out and did it exactly that way. I said no to a lot of things that could have been really good work. Mm -hmm. I said no. Mm -hmm. So ties back to this. That's why I thought it would connect. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it was painful to say no. Mm -hmm. I said no to some really good mm -hmm. potential clients. And I mm -hmm. just, and I felt bad. I didn't even have any other builders to say, I'm going to say no, but I've got this team of builders that would say yes. Mm -hmm. Now we have 13 of us. So mm -hmm. I can say no in another and say, but, but there's other builders that would be happy to work with you. You want me mm -hmm. to send? But back then it was just no. Mm -hmm. It felt terrible. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so then in 2008, my only daughter, our only daughter, Corette, decides to go to the University of Kansas. And I've already got clients in Kansas City. And I'm like, this is perfect. You know, I mean, of course, I'm a huge KU fan. Mm -hmm. She was a KU fan. She decides to go out there to get her journalism degree. Mm -hmm. And I began to integrate seeing my mom and seeing my daughter mm -hmm. as I made those business trips. And as the kids got older and Mrs. Time freed up from all the day-to-day -day stuff with the kids, she would start to go with me. Mm -hmm. And so I got to integrate my bride into my business more mm -hmm. and more on the road. Mm -hmm. She goes every month. We go out there every month. Mm -hmm. She goes with most of the time. Mm -hmm. And now the three of us make it a part of our pop. Every Sunday we go, we go make the two and a half, three hour drive to Salina to see my mom mm -hmm. and just be with her. Crits mm -hmm. her IT professional. <laughs> she can't see as well and mm -hmm. she doesn't understand technology and I don't either. Mm -hmm. I can see fine, but I don't understand it. But Crit does. Mm -hmm. and. And then we hang with her, go to church sometimes, go to lunch sometimes, but we're just with her. Mm -hmm. And it's integrating even further. So so I guess that's a long-winded way of saying how I do it. I do it by design, mm -hmm. and then I do it by evolving the design mm -hmm. as as we evolve. Yeah, and and by saying no and saying to no. things that are going to take you away from that. I think the yeah. balance definition that I've heard you say over the years and I've repeated is you just don't want to stay in one area for too long. That's right. Right. You got to come back and make sure, you know, that each... cheat them, cheat them all. Right. Mm -hmm. let, let me ask you just in the spirit of like how, and by things... the way, what do most entrepreneurs do? They cheat everything but work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hence your point. Yeah. Cause that one's easy. Yeah. Right. Yes. How have things maybe just kind of, you know, one more question, how have things evolved for you, hmm. you know, in, in ways you didn't expect with the work, you know, by being disciplined and saying no, right. Being super clear and strong in your core. I think people might not realize that in fact, by being more disciplined, by being more clear, you know, direct, concise, mm -hmm. right? The, mm -hmm. All of it, you end up having way more openings that things come in that you never would have expected, oh, yeah. right? And, and you say yes to, and you do things that maybe you never imagined you'd do because you've been so disciplined you've almost created space for things to kind of magically appear and allow the work to evolve in a much more uh kind of organic way how has that unfolded for you like what would be the thing that kind of like surprised you the most oh there's so many good night <laughs> these are good questions and i don't have good can, I have great answers, but mm -hmm. they're just not concise. Just give me one that comes to mind, you know, as, as kind of we'll give first you, or highest. I'll give you two. I don't know that they're highest. They're just top of mind. Okay. First would be Carrie Oberbrunner mm -hmm. was in my ear to write a book <laughs> for almost a decade. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. And he kept saying, you know, Chet, this, you should write a book because you'll reach people you'll never reach in your business mm -hmm. through this book. You can't coach very many people, but a book can reach yeah. the masses. And 
I finally made the decision to, you know what, Pede, you're right. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do a 365 one a day. I'm going to just, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel, but I did reinvent the wheel. I thought I was going to just be able to like cut and paste all my rants. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work that way. I had to, it was like writing a book from scratch. Yeah. And, and it was so great. Mm. And I loved it. And I will never do it again. Mm-hmm. It was so much work. Mm. Uh, but I never expected to write a book. Mm-hmm. And the idea of right, because I didn't really want to reach the masses. Like that didn't have any appeal. Mm-hmm. I don't want a million followers. If lots of people follow, it's just, I just want it to be organic. I didn't mm-hmm. want to, that just, that just didn't feel like right for me. Well, what's happened with the book? I don't know how many people have bought it. I don't pay attention to that. But all I know is the built to lead clients are using it all the time. Mm-hmm. They're in it all the time. I'm using it with my clients all the time. So the playbooks, the 12 Essentials of Personal Excellence, the 8 Essentials of Leading Teams, which are the material I wrote years ago and wrote it, rewrote it 14 times and haven't rewritten it since 07, have now a complimentary book mm-hmm. that we use like crazy in our work. I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. So it's not really that it's the book has, the book's been a great thing for our business. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it would have anything to do with our current clients. Mm-hmm. So it surprised me. Mm-hmm. And I said no, 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 and then said yes. Mm-hmm. And it has an unintended consequence of a deepening tool for our current clients. Mm-hmm. Freaking love that. Mm-hmm. So Derp, back in 12, 13, uh, I think it was 13 actually. It was in 13 and then it ended up bleeding into 14. He, he's he been a client just like you forever. And he wrote me a note telling me, that he wanted me to get out of my comfort zone. And he, I remember I still have the email. And he said he'd met this coach from Ohio State and that he told him about Built to Lead. And he knew I wasn't taking on sport. I didn't work with sports teams. And he was like, I really want to challenge you to take them on. I think it would be good for you. It'd be good for them. And I think it'd just be great growth. And I was, I said, no. Mm-hmm. And you know, Derp, what do you guess he said? I want you to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And he got a little more aggressive. Yeah. 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 He wasn't going to take no. No. For an answer. He wasn't. Yeah. And so Grappy shows up at a team practice unannounced to me to, to observe it. And, mm-hmm. you know, Derp did his little magic. Mm-hmm. And, he, <laughs> you know, he became a client in an instant, mm-hmm. has me working with him and then with the team, and we're still working. I mean, not only are you still working, you're working with how many sports teams? I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, a whole bunch. The, a whole bunch. And, yeah. and there's former Olympic, first Olympic gold in women's softball is a builder. Mm-hmm. The youngest Power Five conference coach at the time is a builder. Mm-hmm. Uh, the three-time NCAA rowing champion coach is a builder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Couldn't have expected that. Yeah. And, and, and yet it's it's sort of like so obvious too, right? right? Because yeah. like, you know, if you want to talk about performance, right? right. Yeah. Now, let me ask you. So uh, did that answer your it question? It did, yeah. Okay. And, and, and just one follow-up question on that. What was it that had you going from such a no, no, no to a yes? Shoot in the eyes. Okay, tell me more. Are you talking about the derp one? It both. Shoot in the eyes. From the other. Peach? Yeah. They Peach both came to you. Was, so people don't know what that means. They came to you um, with shoot in the eyes means that they were um, just, you could see it in their eyes. They were serious. They, they, were. they fully embodied, believed this was something that you needed to do a hundred percent and you trusted them enough that a certain point you said okay that's right i'll do it that's right Mm -hmm. that's what it was that's what so so said another way it's really belief in in in, from another trusted right which does come back to one yes right unique but deeply connected that's right yeah yeah Oh man, hundred percent true. Yeah, because we need we do our truth tellers. That's right. 
our friends, you know, our trusted ones to tell us with shoot in the eye, mm -hmm. you need to do this. You need to do it. Yeah. And, and it's like what I do every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I go out there every day to, with shoot my eye with my clients mm -hmm. and they, they love it and they loathe it. Mm -hmm. But yeah. they keep coming back because it's made a difference. Yeah. The same would be true for those two. Mm -hmm. And it's a gift as a leader. And you know this, mm. when you have people on your team that have shoot in their eye with regard to what you do, most of them are never, they may have shoot somewhere deep within, but they're never going to let you see it mm -hmm. because you're the boss. Yeah. And they are just going to say, yeah, whatever you want to do, BK. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good idea. Mm -hmm. And they're thinking they got some shoot about another way, but they're not going to bring it out. Yeah. So you, as a leader, you got to do a, you got to do a good job of building that deep trust to where the team Will hit you the way those two hit me mm -hmm. and because if they hadn't hit me that hard i would have missed a couple great things mm -hmm. you know because it's not easy to move me i don't think it's easy to move you mm -mm. but shoot in the eye will do it yeah yeah which is a great story about andrew jackson i've told it on the po on this podcast before mm -hmm. but it's a great story that's where i got it mm -hmm. and he was just a punk andrew jackson was not the president when when uh, the story about his shoot in the eye happened, he was a mm -hmm. he was a punk circuit judge, mm -hmm. the lowest of the low lawyers, brand new. But when you see young leaders with shoot in their eye, that's you, they're going to be CEO someday. Mm -hmm. They're going to be the dude mm -hmm. someday. Mm -hmm. Shoot in the eye is <laughs> ugh, belief. Mm -hmm. it's, you, there is no substitute. Yeah, yeah, and. You're lucky if you're surrounded by a few with enough belief to challenge yours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how you evolve, mm. Mm -hmm. which is the goal because mm -hmm. we're becoming. Mm -hmm. And I would have just been built to lead just for the business owner that da, 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 and built to lead is way more than that now. Yeah. It's still becoming. I have, I mean, I have no idea where it's going to go. I mean, we, we have so many new young voices in the band that I see with shooting the right that the the direction of built to lead used to just be whatever chat wanted mm -hmm. it's not anymore mm -hmm. which I love mm -hmm. you know I love it mm -hmm. so I don't know where it's going to go I don't plan to stop mm -hmm. but I do plan to listen more <laughs> mm -hmm. I have an idea about that but we'll talk about it okay, afterwards <laughs> I know you do <laughs> all right well Jess, you sir. you've been a big believer mm -hmm. and you've changed a lot of the trajectory of who built lead is becoming i mean you've been such a believer you've sent us so many new paths you just sent us a new one that i won't go into detail on but you just sent us a new one that is going to be a great new engagement for a builder that who knows where that will go mm -hmm. like again yeah if you simply integrate and build a very strong core get an authentic opus and you build a discipline of popping it, the world will bend toward you. Mm -hmm. People can say that all day, mm -hmm. but until you actually live it, you don't, you think it's like a cliche. Mm -hmm. It's totally true. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I can't believe how much the world has bent towards built to lead, even though we're a spec. It's amazing to me. Yeah. You know, people say, you know, the, the universe conspires on your behalf. And, and I think you're right. It's sort of like, woo-woo language that mm -hmm. people like to toss around without actually having ever experienced it yeah. truly right and yet you know i do think it's constantly happening even if it sometimes has to knock you around a bit for you to get it you know it's it's still always mm -hmm. it's always you know working in our on our behalf but certainly is a lot uh, more pleasurable, enjoyable, peaceful when you're doing it consciously. And, you know, and yeah, I can see all the good things, you know, that are, that, that are coming in for you and for built to lead. And yeah, it's fun to watch. It's mm -hmm. awesome. Hmm. Final thoughts, anything else you want to say before we wrap up? I guess just the final thought. And I think it's, you've said it and I've said it, but I just want to maybe put the bow on it with, saying no mm -hmm. try it mm -hmm. pick a few things mm -hmm. that right now 
you find very, it seems hard for you to get yourself to say no to them, play with it. Mm -hmm. Say no to a few things in your work and life right now that you've been saying yes to and and the energy is not there. Mm -hmm. You know, say no. And see if the energy in your system doesn't increase. Mm -hmm. I believe it will. And remember, another one of my big beliefs is life is an energy management problem. Mm -hmm. It's yours to solve. Mm -hmm. It's mine to solve. And if we don't stop doing things that deplete us, we slowly run out of gas. Mm -hmm. And so play with that. This is not a podcast that's just here for two guys talking. We're trying to reach into you and get you to make little changes. Yeah. And I think that'd be a great little change for many of our listeners mm -hmm. is to play with, like, let's say no to some stuff mm -hmm. that we've just been saying yes to. And we know it's, it's not serving us well, but it feels very hard to say no to it. Mm -hmm. Play with that. Yeah, that's a great first step mm -hmm. to play with. Play with. And shout out to Nicole for today's subject matter. Yeah, Nicole. <laughs> she was thinking there was a lot of pressure. She just popped it right she out. She popped it right out. And, yeah. you know, that was kind of uh, fun to play with. <laughs> it was. And here we are. Thank you. Chet, thank you. Always. Always, always, always great to be with you Likewise. and um, share the work and the life and the talk um, about things we both love. And I hope and I believe that you know, it's filled with purpose that people hopefully do take something away from it. And I hope, and I've seen it happen. So it's, it's not even a hope, you know, that, yeah. you know, one person listening right now might take something away that, you know, has major impact on their life, their family. And that's why we do this. So yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's very fulfilling. Yeah. Great joy. Thank you for listening to the Gravity Podcast. Please subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the entire Gravity Project, please go to gravityproject.com. Please check out the podcast on Instagram at the Gravity Podcast. Music heard of the show is provided courtesy of Kyle Lamoro and Oliver Oak. 